wave your hand to the Lord and say, Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for my life. And I thank you for today that you have given me the opportunity to hear your word and to listen to your word. Yes, you must thank God for the opportunity to hear his word. Because not all have this opportunity. There are many, many people that are at the mortuary this morning that will never and will never and ever again have the opportunity to hear the word of God. There are some that their memorial services are being organized this morning. Their burial services were organized yesterday. They will never and ever ever have the opportunity to hear the word of God again. Though they may wish to have that opportunity, they will never and ever have it again. But if the Lord has given you that is seated here this morning or that is watching me this morning the opportunity to hear his word it is yet another moment for you to make your ways right with the Lord because he cometh he cometh he is coming very very soon he is coming and all indications Point to the fact that our Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. And so we must prepare ourselves in anticipation of his return. Because that is one of the vision statements of the church. Preparing the body of Christ for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is because we believe that he is coming again. That is why we are preparing ourselves. And it is the word of God that will put us in that position of preparation. That when, that when he comes, we will not be caught on our words. Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to share with you the wisdom of God or the wisdom of man. What does the wisdom of man say? And what does the wisdom of God say? Are they saying the same thing? Or they are saying different things? Open your Bibles with me to the first book of Corinthians. Chapter 2. From the verse 1. To the verse 8. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 1 to verse 8 it says when I came to you brethren when I came to you brothers I did not come with the eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. Verse 4 
My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. But with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom. But on God's power. We do however speak message of wisdom. Among the mature. But not the wisdom of of this age. Or of the rulers of the age. Who are coming to nothing. In the King James Version, the verse says, it says, How be it, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He says, I come to you not in the wisdom of men. I come to you not in the wisdom of men. And when I came to you, I determined to know nothing among you except our Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And Him crucified. Amen. Amen. Today we want to focus on preaching Christ and Him crucified. The wisdom of God which means preaching Christ and Him crucified. Amen. Amen. As you are all aware, this is a year of divine wisdom and power. And so, from the beginning of the year, our Father has been teaching us on the wisdom of God. On the wisdom of God. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, my Father, I thank you for your wisdom that you have deposited in me. That when I speak, men wonder from whence does this man get this wisdom from? I thank you for your wisdom that is at work in me. Amen. Amen. Now, before Paul wrote this chapter, there was a division in the church which was based on the wisdom of men. And so Paul came to them and he came to address this division. There were some that said they were of Paul. Some said they were of Apollos. They were in the same church. And so there was a division in the church. And so Paul, these divisions were based on the wisdom of men. Because the wisdom of God does not bring about division. 
Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, Baby, there is unity and there is liberty. And so wherever there is division and misunderstanding, it demonstrates the absence of the presence of God. And it shows that the wisdom of God is not in their midst. And so yes, it was the church. The church of Corinth. But there was a division amongst them. Let's go to the chapter 1 from the verse 10 to the 17th verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. From verse 10. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10. Yes. Now I beseech you brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Verse 11. For it had been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you, now this I say that every one of you saith I am of Paul and I am of Apollos and I am of Cephas and I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Cyprus and Gaius. Lest any should say that I had, I had baptized in my own name. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus. So this is giving us the account of what was happening at the time. In the church. Very good. Like for instance, our father is not around. So you have me, you have Adino Jones, and you have Adino Otu. We are of the same church. Now, there was a group that says, I am of Abochi. There are some that say they were of Jones. Some say they are of Otu. Then Papa comes back. And then he is asking you. Is Christ divided? Why has the church been divided? It was based on the wisdom of men. Amen. Amen. Because some were saying that Apollos baptized us. Yeah, because Apollos the boy Jesus. Cephas baptized us. Cephas the boy Jesus. But Paul said, he said, I thank God that I did not baptize you. Lest some of you should say that you were baptized unto me. Amen. Amen. All these were based on the wisdom of men. But Paul said he he determined to know nothing amongst them except Christ and him crucified. And this is the wisdom of God. That he will know Christ amongst them. That when he sees the church, he sees Christ in their midst. And he sees Christ crucified in their lives. And this is in sharp contrast to the wisdom of men. Amen. Amen. And what is the wisdom of man? 
He says everybody is saved. That if Christ has died, if we claim that Christ has died for all, then it means everybody is saved. No, that is not true. And it's not what the Bible says. All of us are not saved. The only people who are saved are those that have received Jesus Christ and confessed Him as the Lord of their life. Amen. Amen. In John chapter 1, he says he came to his own, but his own rejected him. In the verse 12, he says, But as many as received him and believed on his name, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So you see, not everybody that is saved the wisdom of man will tell you that everybody is saved once Christ has died for all but that is not it we are all not saved amen now let us look at the wisdom we are going to look at the wisdom of God in contrast with the wisdom of man Amen. Amen. When it comes to our attendance to church, in our attendance to church, what does the wisdom of man say? Oh, he says, worshiping God is in your heart. And so there is no need for you to go to church. Why should I go to church? Christianity is in the heart. So God is watching and looking at So whether I go to church or not, and my heart is clean, everything is okay. By the way, who determines the cleanliness of a man's heart? Who determines the cleanliness of a man's heart? It is only God that knows the heart of man. Even you that is seated here this morning, you do not fully know your heart. The Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. You do not know the contents of your heart. You only know how wicked your heart is in circumstances where you need to act. Amen. Amen. And so the wisdom of man will tell you, attend church once in a while. So in the beginning of the year, first Sunday of the year service, you attend church. And then you wait. In the sixth month, you attend church. And then in the last month, you attend church. And so you say, well, that is it. But that is not what the Bible says. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, it says, do not neglect the assembling of yourselves together. The gathering of yourselves together. As the manner of some things. And what is the manner of them? That is what I have told you. That Christianity is in the hand. And so there is no need for you to go to church. They have even advanced it. Oh, I saw for a preacher on radio. Oh, the pastors are preaching. So when I'm home, I will listen to the preaching. No. 
That is it. It's a different thing. There is a difference between you hearing the word from afar and you sitting under the feet of the man of God to hear the word of God. Amen. Amen. When you come to church, it's more than you coming to pray and to dance. When you come to church, you are fed the word of God. That is the purpose for coming to church. To come and be fed the word of God. To hear the word of God. Amen. Amen. And when the word of God comes to you, like you are hearing the word of God now, the Bible says the word is like water that washes you and cleanses you. Amen. Amen. And it washes your heart. So the cleanliness of your heart, for which reason you say that and it is God that is seeing your heart and there is nothing filthy in your heart and so because that because of that you don't have to come to church it is only the word of God that is able to determine whether your heart is clean or not and the more you hear the word of God the more it cleanses your heart it washes your heart it says that ye might sanctify ye might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word by the word by the word you are washed by the word you are sanctified by the word you are cleansed amen amen and so the wisdom of man says one church is as good as another yes it may bear the title church but is it church really a church is one that is founded on Jesus Christ a church is one that has the foundation of Jesus Christ that has Jesus as its foundation so not every building although they have written on it they have embossed on it church is a church Jesus said, Ye are Peter. Jesus said, We are Petru. And upon this rock, upon this truth, will I build my church. And the gates of hate should not, cannot prevail against it. And so, though many are rushing into it, it is not church. It is not every church, every building that is named church that is church go and enter there and see what is happening amen Amen. and so a church is one that is founded on Jesus Christ as its foundation amen Amen. let's look at something from Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Prior to this, Jesus has, had asked his disciples, he says, what do men say I am? See, some say you are Elijah. Some say you are the prophet. Then he asked them, but what do you say I am? 
And then Peter caught the revelation. He says, You are the Son of God. And he said, Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my Father, which is in heaven. And he said, On this truth that you have spoken, on this revelation that has been given unto you, I will build my church. I will establish my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Amen. And so a church is a church that is built on Jesus Christ as the foundation. Amen. Amen. And so the wisdom of man will tell you we are all worshipping the same God. We are all worshipping the same God. But that is not true. Amen. Amen. The wisdom of man in contrast with the wisdom of God. Amen. Amen. So these are the wisdom of men that you must reject. That we are all serving the same God. It is not true. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 20 verse 28. Acts 20:28. Acts 20:28. Yes. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the church of God which he had purchased with his own blood. Amen. Amen. So the church is that which Jesus Christ has purchased with his own blood. And Jesus died for his church. The church that belongs to him. Amen. Amen. And that is what we proclaim here. And that is what Paul determined to know among the church in Corinth. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Nothing but that. Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus is alive. And what again does the wisdom of man say? That attend church once in a while. Attend church once in a while. You cannot say you are a Christian. A born again Christian. And you go to church once in a while. It is never possible. It cannot be. As a born again Christian. Look at newborn babes. Do you feed your babe once in a while? Is that child going to survive? Never. You are going to kill the child. And so if you come to church once in a while, what you are doing is that you are killing yourself. Because the word of God feeds you. He said, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over, over the which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers to feed the church of God. So the duty of the pastor is to feed you. And so if you don't come to church regularly, what is happening is that you are causing your own death. You will become rusty. Amen. Amen. And so coming to church once in a while is not the wisdom of God. Acts chapter 20 verse 7. 
Acts chapter 20 verse 7. Yes. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Amen. Amen. And so it was a constant thing they were doing. Gathering every first day of the week. It was something they were doing constantly. Amen. Amen. And so that is what we must also do. And so you don't come to church once in a while. Amen. Amen. And the wisdom of man will tell you that if you don't come to church, it will not hurt anybody. After all, your presence does not give air to any man to breathe. And so if you don't come to church, nobody will be hurt. That is not true. The church Jesus Christ has purchased with his own blood. And so if you don't come, you are hurting Jesus Christ. And you are hurting your own self. How? Because you are not receiving the word of God. Which is full to your soul and to your spirit. And so you are hurting yourself. And you are hurting the brethren. Amen. Amen. What, is, what you are doing is that now you, you are shipwrecking their faith. Because you are communicating something in your absence. That there is no need for me to come to church. But the wisdom of God tells us not to forsake the gathering of ourselves together. But we should encourage one another. Amen. Amen. And the wisdom of God tells you, the wisdom of the wisdom of man tells you. Oh, said there are so many hypocrites in the church. They come to church and they pretend they are holy. But when they go out, they do so many evil. And so there are so many hypocrites in the church. In fact, in your own home, there are hypocrites, including your own self. Amen. Amen. So that should not be the reason for which you will not come to church. Amen. That there are hypocrites in the church. How do you know? So you say he comes to church. And then on Fridays, he goes to the nightclub. How did you know that he goes to the nightclub? Have you not gone there? Would you have met him there? So it means you are a hypocrite yourself. Amen. Amen. Praise him. Jesus is alive. And so the word of God, when it comes to you, it, it brings you the wisdom of God. It brings you the mind of God. It comes to teach you what the wisdom of God is against the wisdom of men. Amen. Amen. And this, these are the wisdom of men that we must reject as Christians. That not everybody is saved. Don't be deceived. Somebody dies. And they say, rest in peace. I say, oh, he is in a good place. 
the truth is if the person never accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior the person had no place in the kingdom of God the person had no place in the kingdom of God it doesn't matter how men may say what men may say the testimonies men will give about that person such a fellow if he never gave his life to Christ straight away the person is going to hell that's what the word of God says Amen Amen. now let us look at the wisdom of man concerning giving concerning giving and the wisdom of God concerning giving the wisdom of man tells you that why must you bring your tithe to church? Go and give it to the poor, the beggar on the street. He says there is someone on the street who hasn't eaten. And you are carrying your tithe, you are going to give it to the pastor. To spend. Why don't you go and give it to the beggar on the street? It sounds good, doesn't it? In the wisdom of man, it sounds good. That is the good thing to do. That there is somebody hungry on the street. And you have taken money that you are going to give it to the pastor. Why don't you give it to him, the person on the street, to go and buy food? But is that what the word of God says? No. When you bring your offering, when you bring your tithe, you are not bringing it to the pastor. You are bringing it to God. The reason why you are bringing it to the church and to hand it over to the pastor is because that is who God has designated to receive your offering and your tithe on his behalf. That is where God has designated for you to bring your tithe. And so he says, bring your tithe into the storeroom of God. That there may be meat in my house. And where is the storeroom of God? It's his church. Where is the house of God? It's the church. And so when you bring your offering and your tithe, the wisdom of man is telling you that you are giving it to the pastor to spend. That the pastor is chopping your money. He is using your money to buy cars. To buy new dresses. No, make no mistake. Your offering and your tithe, you are not bringing it to the pastor. You are bringing it to God. Because it is God that has instructed you. He has commanded you that bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And he said, prove me herein with this saith the Lord. And so you are not proving man in the giving of your tithe. It is not the pastor that you are proving. It is God that says, prove me in this. So when you bring your tithe and your offering, your your, your gift to the church you are not bringing it to the pastor you are bringing it to God 
But the reason why the pastor receives it is because he is the one that God has ordained, God has appointed to receive your tithes and your offerings. Amen. Amen. And so that is why Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek because he was the high priest of God. Amen. Amen. And so Abraham gave it to him knowing that he gave it to God. Amen. Amen. Praise him. Jesus is alive. And you see, the wisdom of God will tell you that give in your excess. After that, then you can give. When you get and it's too much, then you give. When it is in excess, then give the excess. That is the wisdom of man. But that is not the wisdom of God. There was one time Jesus Christ was in the, in the temple, the synagogue. And they were bringing their offering, their gifts. The rich and the poor. Everybody came to give. But there was one person. The Bible describes her as a widow that came to give. And after she had given, Jesus Christ called his disciples. He says, among all the people that came to give, this is the only person that has given. She is the only person that has given. He says, the other people, they gave out of their abundance. It is because they had in abundance that, that is why they gave. But Jesus said, this woman has given all she has. And so that is where it comes the word the widow's might. The little she had. And there came a certain poor widow. She was, she was not only a widow. She was poor. Imagine a widow who is poor. Says, and there came a certain poor widow. And she threw in two mites which make a farthing. It's like we having our offering bowl here. I said, yeah. And then someone comes to drop in 20 pesos. And it makes sound. It makes noise. And so everybody hears it. And then people will begin to giggle. They begin to laugh. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them Verily I say unto thee I say unto you that this poor widow have cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasure. For all they did cast in of their abundance. But she of her wants did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Amen. Amen. So you see how the wisdom of God contradicts the wisdom of man. The wisdom of man in the scheme of men sounds great. It says when you have in abundance, that is when you should give. You don't even have anything to eat when you go home. And you are giving offering. 
You don't even have lorry fare. You don't have transportation. And you claim you are giving offering. And so in the wisdom of man, the right thing to do is to keep it. So when you go, you use that to buy food. Now they are telling you. But what is the Bible telling us? It says the poor widow. She cast in everything. Even her living. It means that was what she was living on. But she gave it all. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 to 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Yeah. Moreover, brethren, we do you to and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive their gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. And unto us by the will of God. The wisdom of man will tell you. Don't give so much in the church. Don't give so much in the church. Because when you give so much in the church. The church will not know what to use the money for. And the wisdom of man will tell you again. If you go to church and you are always giving. People will be looking at you. And they will start coming to beg. People will be looking at you. They will even go to the point that any will be on the way in the power. Sorry, who? Some of them, their eyes are not good. And if you are giving, they will destroy the source of your income. That is the wisdom of man. But in this scripture that we read, he said, even their poverty abounded unto riches. Although they were poor, they gave liberally. They gave willingly. And they gave themselves also. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. The wisdom of man will tell you that when you are giving always, you become poor. Because the money you are giving, it is not bringing anything back to you. Today you came, you gave 100 cities. And now by Omar, 100 cities. The money you had, it is falling short by 100 cities. And the wisdom heart. of man will tell you, if you continue to give like that, everything will finish and you become poor. But the wisdom of God says, give your way out of poverty. When you give, you are giving yourself out, your way out of poverty. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Amen. These wisdom of men we must reject. We must reject all these wisdom of men. But you know why we are unable to reject them? Because it sounds good to us. Because some of us are carnal. 
carnality has taken over us. These things that they say sound so great to us. And we tend to walk by these wisdoms. Which is to our detriment. But the wisdom of God. He says we speak this wisdom among them that are perfect. In the eyes of men. These men are perfect. But we speak wisdom amongst them that are perfect. And it says not the wisdom of this world. Not the wisdom of this world. That is why they are always confounded and dumbfounded. Whenever we speak the wisdom of God. Because it is in sharp contrast with the wisdom they are operating with. Amen. Amen. Let us look at worship. Worship. What is the wisdom of man concerning worship? And what is the wisdom of God concerning worship? He says, God doesn't care who worships. May I ask you, does God care who worships? Does God care about our worship? I want to hear you. Does God care about your worship? But the wisdom of man is telling you God doesn't care. And he doesn't care how we worship. Says you can worship God anyhow you want. But is that how the Bible says? Is that what the Bible says? He says a time is coming. I said now the hour has come. Where the true believers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And so there is a how to worship God. There is a how to worship God. You don't worship God anyhow. He says the hour is coming. But the hour cometh and now is. When the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. These are the people that God is looking for to worship Him. They that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. And so just that by the mere fact that there is a song playing. So so I am worshiping God. No. Said he seeks for those that worship him in spirit and in truth. You must worship him in truth in your heart. The worship must come from your heart. And you must worship him in spirit. Amen. Does God care where we worship? Does He really care where we worship? Amen. Amen. Let's look at something in Revelations. Chapter 19, verse 10. And I fell at His feet. To worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. 
I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. He says, worship God. And so God cares about your worship. He cares. He wants you to worship him. This was the angel that appeared unto John. The the revelator. On the island of Patmos. And John seek to worship this angel. He said, no, don't do it. I am one of the brethren. But worship God. Amen. Amen. Worship God in his church. Worship God in his church. Does it mean you cannot worship God in your room? No, that is not what I'm talking about. In your room, you can still worship God. He cares about your worship anywhere, any day. But that, don't just go to any place in the name of going to worship. I had earlier told you that the fact that they have written on the building that this is a church does not make it a church. A church is one that has Jesus at its foundation. A church is one that Jesus Christ has bought with his blood. Amen. Amen. Praise him. Jesus is alive. Now, let's look at should I say the important part of what I'm going to talk about? About salvation. What is the wisdom of man concerning salvation? And what is the wisdom of God concerning salvation? One, the wisdom of man says all men are saved. That everybody is saved. But the truth is that there are some that are going to be lost. In fact, there are some that are lost. There are some that are getting lost. And there are some that will be lost. Why? Because Jesus Christ spoke about two directions. He says, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there be many that walk that way. He says, there be many that walk that way. But narrow is the path that leads to salvation. Now, may I tell you the difference between a way, a road, and a path? Now, from this place to Boshe, you are walking on a road. Now, those of you who have been to the villages before, a path is a way that only one person can pass there. And so, if I am going this way, and you are coming, I would have to branch into the bush. Or you would have to branch into the bush so that one of us could pass. And that is the path. He said, enter ye at this, at the straight gate. It means the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many be there which go in thereof. Verse 14. Because narrow is the gate and difficult 
is the way which leads to life. And there are few that find it. Amen. Amen. And so not all men are saved. It's a deception. And that is the wisdom of man. The wisdom of God contradicts that. The wisdom of God tells us that not all men are saved. But all men can be saved. The difference. Not all men are saved. But all men can be saved. As we are sitting here this morning. I dare say not all of us are saved here. Because if I am to ask you one after the other. That are you saved? I know all of you will say yes I am saved. But if I ask you how did you become saved? That is where you would know that not all are saved. Should I undertake that exercise? Should I? Amen. Amen. Yes, you would say you are saved. But how did you become saved? Somebody will tell you because I come to church, I am saved. Because my parents were Christians. And I was born into a Christian home. I am saved. That is not true. That is not true. There is only one way that man can be saved. Romans chapter 10. Verse 9 and 10. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It is there clear. Oh. The fact that you come to church doesn't mean you are saved. The fact that you come to church doesn't mean you are saved. Unless you have done what the Bible says that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart you are not saved until you have done that. So the fact that you come to church every day, yes, it is a good thing. In Acts chapter 10, let's go there. There was a man known as Cornelius. The Bible described him as a devout man, a very good man, a generous man. And the Bible says, his good deeds and his prayers came up to God as a memorial. But there was something striking about this man. He was not saved. He wasn't saved. Although he was a good man, he gave alms to the poor. He says there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian. Verse 2. A devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Now, when you read on, the vision that Peter had 
will tell you that this man was not saved. Now all these description about the man being a devout man being a good man someone that feared God with his entire household that prayed always that gave much arms to the people Peter had a vision and in this vision there was something like a cloth that was lowered from heaven and there were so many birds animals on this cloth now before peter had this vision when you read the chapter 10 it tells you that he was hungry and he had gone to the upper room waiting for food to be prepared and then he saw this vision now in this vision God was telling him that he should get up and kill one of the animals and eat and he said they are unclean the animals are unclean and God said do not call unclean what I have made clean he says the animals were unclean but God impressed on him so while he woke up there were visitors waiting for him that Cornelius had sent for him to come now Cornelius and Peter they were of different backgrounds so ordinarily Peter should not have gone to the house of Cornelius why? because he was unclean he was not saved but God sent him to him and the moment he heard the word of God the moment Peter preached to him the Bible says the spirit of God came upon them and then after they were baptized Amen so the fact that you come to church your parents are godly people you fear God in your own eyes you do so much good you help the poor you pay fees for the poor it doesn't make you saved amen the only time you become saved is when you have received Jesus Christ as the Lord and personal Savior and you have confessed him as such then you become saved. Amen. Amen. So the wisdom of man that tells you that all men are saved. And you know, they will challenge you. They will say, okay, you tell us that Jesus Christ came to die for the sinner. True or false? It is true, Jesus Christ came to die for the sinner. So if Jesus Christ came to die for the sinner, of which we are all sinners, then it means we are saved. Should that not be it? That is the wisdom of man. But the wisdom of God doesn't say that. Before you become saved, you must have received him and believed in your heart that he is the son of God and that God raised him from the dead. Amen. Amen. And then the wisdom of man will tell you that all that you need to be saved is to live a good life not to offend anybody not to have anything bad in your heart against anybody who has ever heard that story before 
But I, am, I, I, I make sure I do my things good. I live a good life. Since I make sure I live a good life. So to him, the only thing that guarantees his salvation is for him to live a good life. But no, you must have received the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, as many as received him and believe on him, to them, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Children of God. And so the only thing that guarantees your salvation is for you to have declared with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. And he tells you that the only the one one way is also to make a mental affirmation of Jesus Christ. Says a mental affirmation. So I have it in my mind that I am saved. Does that make you saved? He said you must confess with your mouth. And so it must be confessed. The sound must come from your mouth. You must have said it with your mouth. And you must have believed it in your heart. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. So morality is not a ground for salvation. Morality is not a ground for salvation. So like I asked earlier, if I should ask you, are you saved? You may say yes. How did you become saved? Or say, oh me, I don't sin. I don't fornicate. I don't insult people. I don't steal. I try to live a good life. And so I am saved. Cornelius did better than that. In fact, the Bible says his, his good deeds and his prayer came before God as a memorial. He ascended before God as a memorial. But God had to send his apostle to him to speak the word of God to him to lead his family to Christ before he became saved. Amen. Amen. So the fact that you are living a good life, a godly life, doesn't make you saved. Amen. Amen. So what is the plan of God for your salvation? God requires that every man should repent. He says in time past, God overlooked our ignorance. God overlooked our ignorance. But he says now he commands all men to repent. He commands all men to repent. Acts chapter 17 verse 13. Says in time past, God winked at our ignorance. But now, that knowledge and understanding has come. God commanded all men everywhere to repent. So the plan of God for your salvation. One, repentance. You must repent from your sins. You must repent, genuinely repent from your sins. Because God is commanding all men everywhere to repent. Amen. Amen. And so, and so until you repent, 
You cannot be saved. Amen. Amen. And you must hear the word of God. Because it is the word of God that will convict you. Because when the word of God comes, the spirit of God propels the word into your heart. And the Bible says the spirit of God will convict you of sin. And he will press it on you to repent. Amen. Amen. So that is God's plan for your salvation. Your salvation does not lie in your hand. You have not planned your salvation. He said, it is by grace that we are saved. Lest any man should boast. But it is by grace that we are saved. And in the plan of God for your salvation, you must hear the word of God. You must believe in your heart. You must repent. And you must confess this word. You must confess the Lord Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. You must confess Him. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. So let us reject the wisdom of men. And you see, as good as the wisdom of men may sound to us, it is leading us to destruction. It is leading us to destruction. Why? Because he says, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many be they that walk that way. Because when you have a path there, and you have a way there, a road, who will walk on a path? When it is very narrow, in your mind there could be creeping things on the way. And so definitely you go on the broader way. That is the wisdom of God leading you astray. So you have heard the wisdom of men about your attendance to church. About your giving. About your salvation. And you have equally heard the word, the wisdom of God. Concerning these things. The word has come to you. It is before you now. The Bible says, I put before you life and death. But it says, I ask you to choose life. The wisdom of man has been presented to you. And the wisdom of God has been presented to you. Which of them are you going after? And you see, because man is inclined to the wisdom of man, it is likely you will go by the wisdom of men. But you must reject the wisdom of man. Amen. Amen. Because the wisdom of man, as I said, as good as it may sound, as good as it may be presented to you, that is not the ultimate. It, is, it, it comes through the wisdom of man. It is through the wisdom of God that you would be saved. Amen. Amen. Because the wisdom of God will tell you hear the word of God. Believe in your heart. Repent from your sins. The wisdom of God will tell you that we are living in a dangerous time. We are living in the last days. And so there is no time to waste. There is no time to waste. And so give your life to Christ. The wisdom of God will be telling you this. How? 
Are you going to hear the wisdom of God loud and clear? The wisdom of God comes through the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. So as I am speaking to you, I am speaking the wisdom of God. I am speaking the wisdom of God. And I am admonishing you by the wisdom of God that give your life to Christ. That our Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. That his coming is now than ever before. Look at whatever is happening around us. If for no sign, let me just point out one to you. Every weekend you have a wedding that is going on. It is a sign of the coming of the Lord. He says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. He says, in the days of Noah, people were getting married. And people were being given in marriage. And he says, in the last days, that is how it is going to be. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. And so every weekend, every weekend, there is a wedding going on. It is a sign that we are in the end time. It is a sign that the Lord is coming. I am not discouraging you from getting married. The Bible never told us not to get married. And so I am not discouraging you. I am telling you that the more you see more weddings more marriages taking place it should be a sign and a warning to you that our Lord and Master is coming again and we must get our ways right we must prepare ourselves for him so I have presented to you the wisdom of God and the wisdom of man and I wish above all things that you choose the wisdom of God. Because the wisdom of God will save you. The wisdom of God will save you from destruction. It will save you from going to hell. Amen. Amen. Because as I have told you, the wisdom of man is telling you that all men are saved. That you need not go to church every day. You should go to church once in a while. The wisdom of man is telling you that don't give so much in the church. That don't take your offering and your tithe and go and give it to the pastor. The pastor will chop your money. He will use your money to buy cars. He will use your money to buy new shoes. That is the wisdom of man. But the wisdom of God is telling you that not all men are saved. Many have been lost. Many are getting lost. And many will be lost. Because they are going on the broad way. Which leads to destruction. And you see, the wisdom of man will tell you to do nothing about it. Even after you have heard the word of God, the wisdom of man will tell you not to do anything about it. But the wisdom of God will tell you that many are they that are being lost. There are a lot of people that are lost. So go and save them. Go and bring them. That is the wisdom of God. But then, when you hear this wisdom, then the wisdom of man will come. 
and it will tell you why are you wasting your time why are you wasting your money taking car from here all the way to Dodoa to go and bring people to church and the people in Dodoa the wisdom of man will be telling you why move from Dodoa all the way to Boshe in the name of I am going to church is there no church in Dodoa don't they speak the word of God after all, are we not all serving the same God? That is the wisdom of man. When I am saying the wisdom of man, the wisdom of man, it is not a man speaking out of his own imagination to you. No. This is the devil speaking. This is the devil speaking. He calls him, the Bible calls him the God of this world. And he causes men to operate in the wisdom of this world. And in the the wisdom of men. So when you have dressed, when you are preparing to lead from boy, from Dodoa to church in Boshen, the devil will enter a man and he will come to you. And he will tell you, no, I can't tell. from here to Boshe, look at the time you are going to spend on the way, the time you are going to spend in church, and the time you spend back home. If you go to this church just here, you close earlier, you come back home, and you'll be able to do other things. And that will sound great to you. Yes. When I go, I'll close early. It's, it's just behind my, my house. When I come back, I can come and do other stuff. And you will go. You go and sit there. But as I told you earlier, the fact that there is a written on it that this is a church does not make it a church. And we are all not saving the same God. They will convince you that after all, we are all serving the same God. It is the same God we are serving. And so even you can, whatever, you can go to church, you can go to any church. No. Go where the Spirit of God leads you. Because that is why He has been given to you. Jesus Christ said, He said, I am going. And I am not leaving you as often. But when I go, I will send another comforter. A teacher. A standby. An advocate. He will be with you. And he will teach you all things. He will guide you. He will lead you. And so go where the Spirit of God leads you. Go where the Spirit of God leads you. And the Spirit of God cannot lead you. When you have not yielded yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. He can only lead you. When you have given yourself to Jesus Christ. And then he can lead you the way you should go. Because the Bible says he will be behind you. And whilst you are going. You will hear a voice behind you. That go this way or go the other way. So if truly you have given yourself to Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit lives in you. He dwells in you. And he is with you. You will not enter any place in the name of going to church. Because he will let you know. That where you are going, I am not there. 
he will lead you to where you should be fed. And when he had led you there, he has led you here this morning. Sit down and be taught. And be fed the word of God. And be planted. And you shall flourish. Amen. So when the Spirit of God has led you like He has led you here this morning, don't be moving from one place to the other. You heard that they are doing some prayers here. And so you go. You've heard of a powerful pastor that has come into the area. And so you go there. No. It doesn't work that way. Assuming you are a farmer and then you go to sow a maize today and then it has rained. Tomorrow you went and removed it. You place it in another place. The following day you went to remove it. You place it in another place. Do you think this maize can germinate? And will it bring forth any fruit? That is how some of us are living our lives. We have places where we go to church on Sundays. And we have places where we come for prayers. Oh, I had a call from Pai. Don't we pray here? Don't we pray here? Don't we teach the word of God here? You should not be transiting from one place to the other. When the Holy Spirit has led you in, stay faithful, stay connected, and be taught and be fed the word of God. Amen. And see your life transformed from glory to glory. Amen. Amen. Because the word of God has that power and ability to transform your life through the wisdom of God. And you see, when the word of God comes, in this word that I am speaking to you, in this word that you hear here every day, is encapsulated the wisdom of God to direct your path, to direct the affairs of your life. Amen. Amen. So you will not be sat anywhere, and then we will tell you, okay, so we are coming to speak the wisdom of God to you. Do A, B, C, D. Don't do X, Y, Z. No. As you are hearing the word of God, you are hearing the wisdom of God. You are hearing the mind of God. He says, who, ma- who has known the mind of God? That he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. That is why we are able to be instructed by the word of God. Because we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. Are you learning something? Amen. Amen. So you have heard the word of God that has brought to you the wisdom of man and the wisdom of God. I have presented it to you and I have admonished you that you choose the wisdom of God above all things. And as I am speaking, the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God. What is the wisdom of God? The wisdom of God is our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, He has been made unto us wisdom. Jesus Christ has been made unto us wisdom. 
Jesus Christ. Yes, Christ. The one I'm talking about. Is the one you have received as your Lord and personal Savior. Has been made unto you wisdom. I said, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus. Who of God is made unto us wisdom. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus. Who is made unto us wisdom wisdom so when i'm talking about the wisdom of god i'm talking about jesus christ and jesus christ is his word he's the word of god he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he said he did nothing outside of his word he is the word. He is the word. And he is the wisdom of God. And he has been spoken to you this morning. Don't go and be following the wisdom of man. And, I'm, and I've told you. That the wisdom of man. Yet though it may be coming from. The, 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 the mouth of men. It is men that will be communicating this wisdom to you. They are not speaking of their own imagination. They are not speaking of their own understanding. It is the devil that is speaking to them. Because he has taken control over their minds. Because he is the God of this age. The God of this world. And you see the wisdom of men. Will blind you. That you are unable to see the light. Because when you see the light. You will be saved. Salvation will come to you. But he has blinded your eyes. That you are unable to see the light. That brings you salvation. That brings you salvation. That saves you from destruction. I do feel that brings you into the kingdom of God. And so the day your eyes get open and you see the light, you see that you have been living in foolishness all this while. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. And so bringing my word, my message to an end, the wisdom of God regarding your attendance don't ever say that i will go to church once in a while no you are operating in the wisdom of men you are operating by the wisdom of man but have the wisdom of god it says wisdom is a principal thing wisdom is the principal thing it says get wisdom in all that I get in get understanding amen Amen. so wisdom the wisdom of God dictates to you that do not neglect the gathering of yourselves together as the matter of some is don't neglect the gathering of yourselves together as the manner of some is. But he says, the more you see the day approaching, that should even encourage you the more to gather yourselves together, to come to church all the time. Amen. Amen. I have presented to you 
the wisdom of God concerning worship. That you must worship God in truth and in spirit. Amen. Amen. That you must worship Him in truth and in spirit. That is not, is not in Akumem. Yes, God sees the heart. God is seeing your heart. But your Christianity, the responsibility of you as a Christian, one is for you to come to church. One is for you to come to church. So don't stay home and say that it sounds great in your ears. That is the wisdom of men. It will lead you to destruction. I have spoken to you about the wisdom of God concerning salvation. That not all men are saved. That you don't become saved because you are living a good life. That you are doing good to people. That your heart is clean. And then I ask, who determines the cleanliness of the heart of man? Even you yourself, you don't know your heart. That is why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. You yourself, you don't know what is in your heart. What pertains to your heart. But if the Spirit of God shall come into you, after you have received the Lord Jesus, He gives you the Holy Spirit as a deposit, as a seal, as a guarantee. And when He is in your heart, He would be able to cause your heart to be clean. Amen. Amen. And so the wisdom of God has come to you in His Word. I'm inviting you this morning that upon hearing the word of God the wisdom of God and the wisdom of men if it has come to your understanding if the spirit of God has laid it upon your heart if the spirit of God is pricking your heart the Bible says one time the apostles preached and when the men heard them then the word pricked their heart pierced into their heart and they said what must we do that we may be saved you have heard the word of God and I'm throwing an invite to you that if you are here and you have not given your life to Christ even if you have given your life to Christ but you have fallen away because you were operating in the wisdom of men you were operating by the wisdom of this world I am throwing an invitation to you that the time is now that you must dedicate your life to Christ if you have not done that but if you have done it and there has been a falling away you must rededicate your life to Christ I'm inviting you to make this decision today. It's a decision you must take now because there is no time. Our Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. And the Bible says He is coming for a church without blemish or without spot. He's coming. He's coming. Pretty soon, our Lord Jesus Christ will come. 
And the Bible says when he comes, it says, and the trump shall sound. And he says, they that are dead in Christ shall rise first. And that we that are alive and remain shall be caught up together and be with him. We'll be caught up in the skies with him. Yes. It is going to happen. But you will only be caught up. That is if you are still alive. Or you will only be raised from the dead. That is if you died in him. Even only if you gave your life to him. You accepted him as your Lord and personal Savior. At this moment, I want all eyes closed this morning. Wherever you are, close your eyes. And I'm throwing this invitation to you. That if you are here and you have not given your life to Christ. Maybe you might have given your life to Christ some time back. But after hearing the word of God this morning. And examining yourself by and with the word of God. You have noticed that no, your ways are not right with the Lord. You have realized that you have fallen away. I want you to lift up your hands wherever you are seated. Close your eyes. It's not about who is seated beside you. Now, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes, we are not going as a family. A father may be caught up. But the mother will be left behind. A son may be caught up. And the the, the father and the mother will be left behind. We will go as individuals. And so if you are here. And you have not made this decision. You have not given your life to Christ. Or you have given your life to Christ. But you have fallen away. Through the wisdom of men. Lift up your hands wherever you are. I want all eyes closed. Close your eyes wherever you are. If you know you are saved. And for that reason you will not raise your hands. Close your eyes. At this moment it is not your business. To see who is going to be saved. Or who is not going to be saved. He said let him him that stands. Be careful. Let it Amen. Amen. So if you have lifted up your hands, I want you to be on your feet. If you have lifted up your hands, I want you to be on your feet this morning. Kindly walk towards me. Kindly walk towards me. Close your eyes wherever you are. Please lift up your hands. And say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning for my life. Oh God, I know that I am a sinner and I come to you as a sinner. I believe in your son Jesus Christ that he came to die for me. He was buried and he was raised from the dead for my salvation. Now I confess him as my Lord and my personal savior I give my life to you come and be in my heart and make my heart your home write my name in the book of life that when my Lord Jesus shall come back I will not be lost but I shall see him and be caught up together with him that where he shall be 
there I will be also. I thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you this morning for yes, the lives Lord. of these dear ones. Amen. They have made the right decision. They have accepted you as their Lord and their personal Savior. I pray for grace for them this morning. Grace to enable them to live this new life. As they have accepted you, Lord, send forth your Holy Spirit into their hearts as a deposit, as a sign, as a seal of their salvation. Guide them this morning. Strengthen them in this work of faith. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Put your hands together for the Lord.